Do you have a fix on their location? asks High Talon Idabren. The seer waves her hands through the air. I am trying, but the child shields a mind from me. The High Talon scowls. I am not interested in excuses, only results. If you cannot find them for me, I will find someone who can. He starts to stalk out of the room, but the seer makes a noise, like a strangled hiss. When he turns back to her, she has gone rigid. I see them, she says, surrounded by ancient technology and power beyond measure. They have found it. The girl has opened the way. The High Talon grips the hilt of his knife and says, Curse them. Give Captain Simeon the coordinates at once. We must reach them before they take control of my world, Cedar. Of course, my lord. Evro Idebren, High Talon of the Ironhawks, favored son of his clan, leaves the seer's sanctum and returns to his own quarters. The Lodestar traders may have reached the artifact first, but they would not be able to hold it against the combined might of the Ironhawk fleet. They would fall in battle. They would fail to keep it from him. Once they are dealt with, the forge will bow before him. When he enters his quarters, he crosses to a small iron chest on the table. Unlatching it, he opens the container and stares at its contents. A quartz orb lays nestled inside, and when exposed to the light of the room, it flashes with opalescence. High Talon Idebren says, Victor, you can wake up now. We are almost there. And when we arrive, you will help me gain control of the facility. A voice responds and says, Yes, High Talon, I am your sword. Welcome back for episode 26 of Errant Adventures. As always, I'm your game master and solo player, Steve Morrison. On this week's episode, Lucius and the crew of the Reclaimer explore the interior of the World Cedar facility. Discover what they find on episode 26, Open Door Policy. Lucius and the crew make their way beyond the room that contains this fountain of molten metal that they came across, and they are going to continue now on their journey through this world cedar. So we're going to go ahead and start off this episode with another Undertake an Expedition. And I think because of their experiences, Lucius and company are going to continue to move with vigilance. So we're going to roll plus wits on this. It's going to be plus three on the roll. Let's get this started. 
Starting off great today. We've got a five on the action die, and we've got two ones on the challenge dice for a strong hit with a match. So we reach a waypoint, envision the location, and mark progress per the rank of our expedition. So we are going to mark two ticks in our second box of progress. And since we already have two ticks in that second box, we now have two full boxes of progress on our expedition here. So we're going to go back to our precursor vault oracle table, and we're going to roll on that to get a sense of what the waypoint is that our crew reaches. 12, which is broken or inactive machinery. So they move beyond this room that has this molten metal or molten magma, whatever it is that's pouring out of this rift in the ground and is being collected by these machines. They bypass this room, they make their way beyond into the next hallway. They're continuing through and they are going to find another room with a bunch of either broken or inactive machinery. And since we got a match, I'm also going to roll on the interior opportunity portion of this table to see what that gives us. 89. Secure area offers a moment of peace. Okay, so they make their way ahead and they find this room which contains some sort of broken machinery. Let's go ahead and roll a theme to see what this machinery might be related to. 29. Dream. We know that this facility is built to create and seed planets across the forge. So maybe there is something in this room that they find. Maybe it's a, a record room or a storage facility of some sort that houses these small crystals that hold records on all of the various planets that have been seeded with this thing before. And so they're able to see a little bit the purpose and the sort of progress that the Ascendancy made with this device before the Cataclysm came. And I think as they are there, they take a moment to rest and they are exploring this room. And actually, why don't we go ahead and explore the waypoint? It's another wits. And I think the bonus here is even on a miss, a complication here is not going to be super dire because of that opportunity that allowed them to find kind of a moment of peace. So we'll see what happens with the dice. All right, so we've got a six on the action die. We've got a five and a six on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So you uncover something interesting, but it is bound up in apparel or reveals an ominous aspect of this place. Envision what you encounter, then take plus one momentum. So I'm going to go ahead and take my momentum from five to six. And then let's think about what this complication or what this ominous aspect of this place might be. So I'm going to again roll on action and theme for that. 10, which is avoid, and 94, avoid vow. Avoid vow. So this is an ominous aspect of this place. 
and we know that they were prepared to use it to try and create world ships for their journey out of the forge. So avoid Vow. Maybe there was a faction within the Ascendancy that didn't want to leave the forge, especially knowing that this cataclysm was coming, and maybe they were thinking along the same lines as the Ironhawks, and so they started to research turning this facility into a shipyard that would build battleships instead of building colony ships or world ships that they could use to escape. And I think this is dangerous because Lucius and Adelie come across this information as they are perusing through these various records and Lucius turns to Adelie and says it's all here the Ironhawks if they got hold of this information they would very easily be able to spin up production of this facility and use it to build warships the like of which we've never seen before in the forge and Adelie says it does seem dire doesn't it All the more reason why we have to keep it from them. Lucius nods, and he says, This is worse than I thought. I and he kind of like looks around at the others. Mila is on the other side of the room. I think Dr. Petrov is off in his own corner running his own scans. And it's possible that he's also found something relating to his field of interest, to the paragons and the abilities that they have because i think there was definitely some connection with that and the like creation of viable planets that they could seed around the forge and aurelia is sort of between the others and lucius and adelie and i think lucius lowers his voice a little bit and he says i'm also afraid that the likes of commander caspian and the others in Lodestar who have some sway, who may be thinking about being able to defeat the Ironhawks once and for all, that they would look at this information and take it as an opportunity for them to regain power and to overthrow the structures of the Forge, the structures of our civilization. I'm not opposed to changing things, but I think giving people this power, it scares me, Adelie. It scares me thinking that someone, anyone, would have control over a facility that could create warships that would be able to dominate the forge. We have to make sure that this doesn't fall into their hands, into anybody's hands. And Adelie nods and says, I agree, Lucius. And they are going to take a few minutes to try and purge these records from the system. And I think that's going to be a face danger for Lucius. He is going to use his tech ability, which gives him plus one on this. And it's plus his wits, which is plus three so it's going to be plus four total let's see how successful he is at purging all of this information he's got a nine on the action die he's got an eight and a ten on the challenge dice so he succeeds but at a troublesome cost make a suffer move 
minus one. So we're going to go ahead and just take our momentum back down to five as it takes him a little bit longer to do than what he first expected. And I think Adelie is going to have to go and maybe run interference for him a little bit when the others are ready to proceed. And she's going to have to distract them while he finishes this work. But I think because he got a success, what that tells us is if Lodestar or the Ironhawks gain control of the facility and turn their attention towards making ships of war, they're going to have to start from scratch designing those ships and inputting schematics and information into the facility rather than having something that is ready-made and available for them to start production. With all that sort of decided, they are going to continue their expedition and we're going to continue to roll plus wits. Six on the action die, a four and a ten on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So we get to mark more progress. Another two ticks of progress, which is going to take us to a halfway filled third box. And then we are going to either suffer costs en route or face a peril at the waypoint. Let's go ahead and find out what our waypoint is going to be. 40 is looted or dismantled technology. So they leave this record room and they continue on their way through these hallways. They pass through a bunch of other rooms that contain records, but there's nothing really of interest that they find. And then they emerge out into a circular room that I think has a shaft down the middle. And there are a bunch of like cranes and maybe bots of some sort that are disassembled off to one side. It almost seems as though somebody tried to disassemble them, dismantle them, and then reassemble them into a like singular bot, into a singular large mech. But it doesn't appear that they were able to succeed. So because I think we're going to face some sort of peril at this waypoint, let's go ahead and roll on our interior peril table. 96, action and theme, okay. 50, which is gather, and our theme is 17, which is cure, gather, cure. So, Let's make some assumptions here. Let's assume that this facility was manned at one point by Ascendants. And when the Cataclysm began and the Guardians that were on that asteroid that managed the shield, when they basically like cloaked the station from the genetic soldiers that they were coming through, I think they bled away a lot of the power on the station itself. And so I think there were people, there were ascendants left on the station who were basically trapped inside the shield and were forced to kind of scrounge around for supplies. And I think that's what we see here is these machines that have been dismantled and worked on is not the work of some 
human scavenger that somehow stumbled through the shield and discovered the station, but is in fact the work of ascendants from long, long ago trying to survive. And this is why we, we don't know yet if there were ascendants on the planet at some point and they were able to escape or if they died out. But I think it is safe to assume that there were ascendants on this station and they were working to try and find a way to either reconstitute the station so that they could make more worlds after the cataclysm. Or maybe they were just trying to survive. So these machines that they have uh, worked are not necessarily active. It doesn't seem like they were successful. But I think looking at them, it's clear that there are enough pieces missing that maybe there are some machines, some bots that are moving around here. And I think there's also the possibility that there are ascendants, and I don't know if this is a peril per se or just a complication, but that there are ascendants who may still have survived because we know that they also use cryopods. We know because of the cryopods that they found on the flagship, even though they were all dead, we know that the Ascendants use cryopods, so it is possible, I'm going to set this up, it is possible that there are Ascendants in cryopods who either have survived, or if they haven't survived, maybe something weird happened on the station and they died but became something else. We don't know yet, but I'm, I'm just putting out there the possibility that there are Ascendants still around in some fashion or another on the world seater so that's what they discover in this area and that is setting up a possible larger complication in the future but for now we're going to go ahead and undertake another leg of our expedition and we're going to continue to roll plus wits as we attempt to stay vigilant we've got a seven on the action die a four and a nine on the challenge dice for another week hit. So we're gonna mark progress and that's gonna take us to three boxes of progress on our expedition. And we are going to go ahead and check our table again to see what this location feature looks like. 98, roll twice. So we got 21, which is elevated path over chasm or shaft. They have reached a portion of the station that actually like looks down on the planet below because I think the arms act as these sort of material generators that then whatever the world seater is building is constructed in the center of that. And so they are actually looking down probably a thousand stories down this space station as there is this massive sort of chasm in the middle of the station that leads down to the construction point where all of the building starts, where it all happens. And so there are like transparent shields or maybe it's glass that keep pressure in the station but they can actually lean out over this 
chasm and look down at this planet far below. So that's the first thing that they come across. So they're basically on one side of the station and there is a bridge that leads over this chasm that will take them to the other side of the station. And my other role is a 13, which is more broken or inactive machinery. And I think this time it's like construction bots that are suspended in the air that are floating. And it's weird because they have artificial gravity where they're walking, but it's very clear that outside the bounds of the pathway that they're on that's going over this chasm, there's not necessarily strict gravity because these things are just floating in air as if they are in zero gravity. Because we got a weak hit on that undertaking our expedition, we are going to roll another interior peril. 38. Important gear malfunctions. Okay, so they are crossing over this bridge, and I think the bridge itself is maybe some sort of... Like, it can't just be a bridge. It can't just be a metal bridge over this chasm because it's the Ascendancy, and they've got grand and advanced technology. So I, I'm picturing a sort of light bridge that is arcing over this chasm, and as they are beginning to cross, it starts to flicker a little bit. And maybe the like lights and everything around them have begun to flicker as well, as though there's some sort of sudden drop in power. And Lucius is going to say, get to the other side, and is gonna take off running. And I think this is gonna be another face danger with speed, mobility, and agility. So this is plus edge to get to the other side. Plus two on this. We've got a five on the action die. We've got a five and an eight on the challenge dice for a miss. So on a miss, you fail or a momentary success is undermined by a dire turn of events. Pay the price. And this time I'm not gonna roll on the pay the price because it feels pretty clear what the price is to pay. They're not gonna make it to the other side before this bridge gives way. And so they are going to have to do something about that. So they are running across the bridge and as they go, they make it about two thirds of the way. And then all of a sudden the lights around them flicker out and the power dies and the bridge beneath their feet gives way. And all five of them brace themselves for a long, painful fall to their death. But really they just end up floating and they have a little bit of momentum kind of as the bridge gives away and there's this moment where it drops out from under them and they kind of like tumble down and unfortunately for them they are going to descend a level and they're going to kind of then float in the middle about like two-thirds of the way across and they're just floating in the middle of this space and when after like two minutes the power flickers back on the bridge returns to its status above them and they can also see another one that is 
below them, but they have at this point moved enough that they are outside of the like gravitational pull of those things. And again, they are just floating in the air as if they were just floating in space. And Lucius looks at the others and says, well, that went better than I expected, but we need to get over there. And he is going to start rummaging around in his bag. He's like, I think I might have something for this. And he's going to attempt to check his gear. Now, he's got a supply of one right now, which is not great. Uh, But he is looking for some sort of grappling hook that he has tucked away in his bag that he can use to latch on to the other side. So we're going to roll plus supply. This is plus one. It's a three on the action die and a seven and an eight on the challenge dice for a miss. So you don't have it and the situation grows more perilous. So I think while he's rummaging around, he says, I, I thought I had something in here, but it doesn't look like I do. And then Aurelia says, Lucius, it may not matter. And Lucius looks up and they are slowly sinking. And he looks around at the bots and the bots have remained stationary, floating in the place where they were. But all five of the crew are starting to slowly sink down and they're descending lower and lower. Um, I think they're going kind of like slowly now to the next level and they're starting to pick up speed as they begin to descend deeper and deeper into the station. At this point, Adelie is going to say, everyone stay calm. And she is going to try and focus her mental energies and is going to attempt to draw the others around her and then use her paragon abilities to move them over safely to one of the ledges as they are descending down. Now, I am going to ask the Oracle if this is successful, and I think it's going to be 50-50. So 51 or greater, yes, she's able to do this. That's a 6. That is definitely a no. So she is trying, but as she draws on her power they begin to fall faster and faster. And Lucia says, Adelie, I don't think it's working. As they begin to whistle down as all five of them are descending lower and lower. And Lucius is going to turn to Brutus, who is flying down after them and is just kind of like chirping at him. And he's going to say, Brutus, I need you to guide us each to a place. And he is, since he was standing next to Adelie, he's going to grab a hold of her and grab a hold of Brutus, which has basically been flying along next to them, and is going to say, pull us over. And Brutus is going to pull them over, and they are going to let go and tumble down onto a platform several levels below where they started. As that happens, he's going to say, Brutus, go help the others. And Brutus is going to duck back over and down and is going to start grabbing the others. But I'm also going to ask the Oracle about this. I think that Brutus is going to be able to get all of them to safety. 
I don't think Brutus is necessarily going to be able to fly them all back up so they can meet up together. So will Brutus be able to bring all the others back up to where Lucius is? I think it's unlikely. Nope, 49. So it is not going to happen. And so I think Aurelia gets caught and then gets dropped off on like two levels below them. And then Brutus is able to go down and grab Lieutenant Mila and Dr. Petrov. And they're able to grab a hold and are dropped off about like three or four levels below that. So now all of our crew have been separated. So Lucius and Natalie are still together. Aurelia is a couple levels down. And then Lieutenant Mila and Dr. Petrov are several levels lower than they are. Lucius is going to activate his comm and try to raise the others. And I think as a continuing complication that they are not going to be able to communicate because of some interference from this place. And I also think that whatever force was dragging them down is going to prevent Brutus from making it back up to Lucius. So like Brutus tries to fly back up after depositing Lieutenant Mila and Dr. Petrov on their level, tries to fly back up, but like goes out and like there's just this pressure that is pushing Brutus down. And so Brutus is left with Lieutenant Mila and Dr. Petrov, which hopefully means Adelie and Lucius don't find themselves in a combat experience because that will go poorly for them. So we're going to go ahead and undertake another level of this expedition. I think Lucius is actually going to try and move at speed now because he wants to try and catch up with the rest of the group to see if they survived because he can't raise them on the comms. Brutus hasn't returned, so I think he's a little afraid that maybe they didn't make it. He's going to move at speed with plus edge with Adelie by his side. Seven on the action die, a two and an eight on the challenge dice for a weak hit. So again, we're going to mark progress. So that's going to be two more boxes on our expedition. But we are going to face another complication. So let's see what our feature is again. 85. Vertical shaft. So they leave the main central shaft and they continue down a passageway that they find leading off and they then find a smaller room that has what looks like an elevator shaft in it and there's no elevator in sight and Lucius tries to plank around on the control panel but nothing happens and so he is like well we can try climbing down and they are going to go ahead and attempt to do so. So that's going to be the peril is trying to climb down this shaft that is in here. And so we're going to go ahead and roll a face danger. I feel like it could be either edge or iron in this case. Strength, endurance, or mobility or agility. I think because they're climbing down, I think it's going to be plus iron. So this is going to be plus one for poor Lucius. 
7 on the action die, a 7 and a 9 on the challenge die. You fail, or a momentary success is undermined by a dire turn of events. So I'm going to say this. They are able to climb down the shaft to the next level. So it's not on the level that uh, Aurelia is on. It's the one above her. And they reach that bottom, and I think that's where they find the elevator. It's kind of blocked as if it was descending down this shaft when it stopped. And so they're not able to continue on. They're on the level in between the level they were on and the level that Aurelia is on. And they are going to emerge from the shaft. And I think we are going to have to, in this case, pay the price and see what happens. 84. You are stressed. That makes sense. So Lucius is going to take one hit to his spirit. So that is going to be uh, take him down to four out of five. And uh, we're going to forego enduring stress at the moment. So they have reached this next level and they are going to continue to undertake the expedition. Again, moving at speed with plus edge. Five on the action die, a two and an eight on the challenge dice for another weak hit. So that takes us to four boxes of progress. And we're going to go ahead and roll on our feature again. 82, a vaulted chamber. Okay, so they emerge out of this vertical shaft. They continue down another few corridors. It feels like to Lucius that they are actually walking away from that central shaft. And then they come into this large room with a vaulted ceiling. I think it very much feels like either a meeting hall or a mess hall or something like that. And let's go ahead and see what kind of peril might be lurking in here. 32. Hazardous path designed for traversal by other beings. So I think when they enter this vaulted ceiling, I think his confusion as to what it might be is because as they enter, the floor actually shifts and gives way and is shuffling around and he sees like tables rising up from various panels in the floor and like there are whole sections of the floor that are open air as they shuffle around and readjust and Lucius is going to turn to Adelie and say you think the ascendants were able to reshape their facilities at a whim? And Adelie says, I think it's possible. They certainly had the ability to, as, as you've seen, change the molecular structure of metal and other things. Why wouldn't they be able to manipulate their surroundings and restructure their rooms? And Lucia says, that's really, really cool, but I... Don't know that it helps us all that much get through here. And he is like, I wonder if there's a way to fix it manually. And he's going to look around for some sort of like control panel or something like that. So he's going to explore this waypoint with wits, which is plus three. Eight on the action die, a five and a four on the challenge dice for a strong hit. So I can either gain progress 
or find an opportunity. Envision a favorable insight, situation, resource, or encounter. Then take plus two momentum. So I'm going to find an opportunity. So he does see a control panel and is able to make his way over to it carefully and is able to reset the room into a static floor that's not going to move around on him as he's walking around. And I think as he does so, he realizes that he can bring things from other levels. And so there's an option for like a storage facility. And so he is going to have that summoned to this room. So the the room shuffles around again, and then a few crates emerge from this like cavernous floor area and then the floor seals back up and there are these crates there so we're going to take the momentum up to seven and then i am going to go ahead and use that opportunity to leverage into making a resupply so this is going to be scavenging or crafting so there's going to be rolling plus wits as we try to find some things of use in these crates. Six on the action die, a three and a seven on the challenge dice for a wee kit. So as above, which means I can either take plus two supply or I can find a specific thing that I am looking for, but you must first deal with a cost, complication, or demand. Envision the nature of this obstacle. I don't know what the nature of this obstacle would be, so let's find out. Let's roll on action and theme. 91, support, and 78, support sanctuary. Okay, so I think his shuffling around of this room is in some way destabilizing the surrounding floors. And I think he realizes this as he is studying the schematic. And he says, I don't think this was supposed to do this. So I'm going to have to try and fix this. Uh, okay, I, I think I've got it. And he's going to try and use his technical ability to solidify and strengthen the area. So that's going to be a face danger. And we're going to roll plus wits and plus one. So this is going to be at plus four as he tries to stabilize the surrounding floors. Yes, we've got a six on the action die. We've got a two and a three on the challenge dice for a strong hit. So he's able to stabilize it and gain a little bit of momentum from that as well. So that takes us up to eight momentum. So we've resupplied and uh, we are able to now move forward on this expedition. Continuing to move at speed, so this is gonna be plus two. Four on the action die, two sevens on the challenge dice for another miss. You are waylaid by a crisis or arrive at a waypoint to confront an immediate hardship or threat. Do not mark progress and pay the price. So let's figure out what our waypoint is. 60. Remains of intruders. Okay. So this facility remained safe during the cataclysm because the guardians on the asteroid were able to 
power it down enough that they were able to prevent the like main force of genetically engineered soldiers from discovering it and destroying it. But what if a scout ship or an advanced raiding party of those genetically engineered soldiers made it through the shield at some point, made it on board, and because of the adjustments that those soldiers did that were on the asteroid, the guardians of this place, what if they were not able to escape? And so they also were here and were, like, fighting to survive on this station. I think that is a terrifying thought. And so Lucius and Adelie are going to come across this small room that it looks like has been sealed from the outside. It's directly in their path, so they would have to turn around and completely retrace their steps in order to try and go around. I think they are looking at this door that is sealed, and Lucius is like, I should be able to overcome the lockdown and open it up so that we can keep going. And he's going to go over to the control panel and he's going to key into it. He's relatively quickly able to overcome the lock and break down the security override on these doors that kept them sealed. I think as he's doing that, Adelie is standing there with her eyes closed and she's sort of trying to tap into the ambient energy of the station using Query and Warden as a sort of guiding post in her exploration of the energy around her. And as Lucius is finalizing his program to override the lockdown on this door, she opens her eyes and says, Lucius, wait, there's something, there's something strange inside. And Lucius says, what? Uh, too late. And the door slides open. As it does so, they see inside and there are these figures lying in heaps inside. And let's find out what these genetically engineered soldiers look like. So we're going to go to our creature oracle. And I am going to roll on the table to see what they look like. 95. So we're going to roll twice. That's good. Be 46. They have an exoskeleton. And 22. They're a beast or a mammal. So I think they are four-legged and they have these claws coming out of their hands, and they have this intense carapace exoskeleton on their body and these weird, like, antennae sticking out of this almost bear-like head. And there are five of them in this room, and they're all slumped over, and it looks like they have strange like sacks on their 
backs that look as though they're almost breathing. It also has like two arms that are coming out of it and they are holding maybe some sort of like long cylindrical staff and they are motionless right now and Lucius looking at them goes I don't think that's good I've never seen anything like that before and so they are laying there in heaps in the floor and Adelie like reaches out and touches Lucius's shoulder and like grips his EV suit and says don't don't do it Lucius and Lucius who is slowly drawing out his pulse pistol is like but this is the way through we have to keep going and she says I don't think that's a good idea Lucius says there's no way they survived this long I mean they've been in there probably for thousands of years if they are the thing that forced the cataclysm if they are the thing that forced us out even something as fearsome as as them they couldn't have survived this long it'll be okay let's let's go and he is going to slowly step through the doorway is one of these creatures still alive after all these years i think it's likely so let's ask the oracle and find out. Is one of the genetically engineered soldiers that caused the cataclysm that destroyed the ascendancy, that chased humanity out of their home system, is one of those still alive in this room? Let's roll the dice. Eighty-two. Lucius makes it halfway through the room when the creature begins to stir. Frozen by fear or curiosity or confusion at the fact that something that should be dead is moving, Lucius watches as this creature slowly stands on two feet, then four feet, and these massive teeth dripping with ichor that Lucius now recognizes as the flesh and blood of its compatriots in this room. The creature looks at him. The creature snarls at him. Lucius swallows, his heart thudding in his chest as he stares into the hateful eyes of a creature bred for war, built for destruction. Lucius, trembling, raises his pulse pistol though he doubts it will have any effect. And he takes a deep breath 
as the creature stands up on its hind legs, its arms flexing out from its back, these these extra arms that don't seem to make sense. They shift and ripple along the creature's flesh until now it is standing upright, two paws that have now turned into clawed hands, two strangely humanoid arms now jutting out of the thing's stomach instead of its back. And in those hands is something that looks like a spear. The creature points it at Lucius as if in response to his own act of aggression. Lucius wishes for a single terrifying moment that Brutus was there with him. And then the creature attacks. Thanks for listening to Errant Adventures. And thanks so much to Sirenscape for the lovely ambient sounds and music throughout the episode. If you enjoyed the show, please tell anyone and everyone in your life about it. And if you haven't already, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app. It really does help others find me. If you want to interact with me, my handle on Instagram and Twitter is at ErrantSolopod, or you can email me at ErrantSolopod at gmail.com. I also post short fiction and campaign-related materials on my website, ErrantAdventuresPod.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.